Welcome to Episodes in Troubled Thinking, a podcast that explores the inside-out nature of life and how our thinking often gets us in trouble. This podcast is a collaboration between two transformative coaches, yours truly, Antti Vanhanen from Finland and Steve M. Nash from the UK. On this podcast, we take turns coaching each other on various topics and occasionally we'll discuss broader topics about being human. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Antti and Steve. Hello, you are listening to episodes in Triple Thinking. My name is Steve M. Nash, and I'm speaking to fellow transformative coach, Antti Behenen. Van Heenen, yeah. Van Heenen, Van Heenen. And this is our very first podcast, even though we've recorded one before, but it didn't record <laughs> on, the subject, on the subject of anxiety. I am going to be coaching Auntie on some topic that I have yet to know about, and we will see what comes from that. The conversations will be based around the inside-out understanding, aka the three principles, but it will also be based around being human. Let's see what happens when I ask Auntie, what shall we talk about? Yeah, so uh, hi, Steve. Um... Exciting to do our, our first or second podcast. Um, like you said, we had our first one uh, earlier this week, and, and for some reason it didn't record. So now we're recording on both ends, and, and it's it's quite certain that this one will see the light of day unless we totally muck it up somehow. Content-wise, I mean, yes. Um, so the, the topic I'd like to explore today is how our um, expectations shape our experience in the moment. I'm not quite sure what you mean by that, so can you explain? Yeah, so so I had this, um, so Monday was May 1st, and I it's it's a public holiday in Finland, and I assume it's a public holiday in the UK as well. Yes. And so my wife and I were just talking, it was Sunday evening, and uh, at one point I just, I just said to her, isn't it funny that just because tomorrow is, we know that tomorrow is not a work day, it makes this Sunday evening feel totally different. And I mean, I understand that from a practical perspective, it might have an implication that, well, you know, we can we can have an all-nighter, let's go out and party all night, and then we can sleep in tomorrow. That would be like a practical way of looking at it. But even though we had we weren't drinking anything and we weren't staying up late, it still had a totally different, it created a totally different feeling uh, for that Sunday evening. Just knowing or that expectation that tomorrow wasn't going to be a work day. And uh, I've since noticed that that these kind of expectations, whatever we project the future to be like, has a profound impact on my experience from moment to moment. And I just thought that that might be a, an interesting uh, topic to just, just jump into because you can it, it really plays a big part in, in, in our lives, mine certainly. Well... What can I ask you? What do you make of that? What do you make of um, that observation? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. Uh, I think what I notice from that is how much of the the current experience is is a lot of times made up of uh, our projections 
what we think the, 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 the near future is going to be like. And if we think the near future, because I used to, prior to this understanding, I, I kind of had this, this, this formula in my head, what makes, um, what makes a good and happy life. And, and one of those components was, uh, key components was that you need to have something to look forward to, to work towards, right? And what I've since realized is that that's, that's like living in, in, in a, just a made up future and not really being in the present. But it's, it's tremendous, even though being aware of this, sometimes, you know, there, there are the, there's all these different layers of awareness, uh, that we're, and we are not aware, aware of all of them most of the time. And I just can't catch myself like, oh, today feels like a typical Thursday. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Or today doesn't feel like a typical Monday or, or Sunday because for some reason Monday I don't need to go to work and I don't know why it, what impact it has on my Sunday evening, yet it does. So, so it, it just shows that this, this, this formula that I had in my head, um, even though I don't believe in it, I still noticed that in some ways it's, uh, it's affecting me day to day, moment to moment. So, if you have money worries, for example, yeah. Um, oh no, let's say you have a a low bank account, or you don't have a full client roster in terms of being a coach. It seems that sometimes you can have the thoughts, "I need to earn more money," or "I need to get more clients." And maybe you take those thoughts seriously in that moment, and then suddenly you're not you're feeling a bit dissatisfied with life, versus you've got a full client roster, you've got loads of money in the bank, and the thought comes, I need to earn some more money. You go, oh no, I don't. I've got loads of money, and then you have this nice thought, and suddenly your day feels better. Absolutely, absolutely, and I noticed that um, when it comes to those moments when you have to think about money. For example, it comes to the end of the month and, and you need to pay your rent, for example, and you don't have a lot of money in your account. That's when that's when the there's a lot of thinking around money and the, and, and the lack of money. And, and then you start thinking, well, what do I need to do to earn more money? And these kind of things. But then the rest of the month, you don't really have those kind of thoughts because it, it you know, it, it's, it's not front and center. So, so, there's so much that seems to be that what we place our uh, focus and attention on that creates a lot of, of, of how, what we what we experience in the moment, even though it might be something totally just a projected future. So um, on Sunday, then you had uh, you had the thought tomorrow is a bank holiday. Yeah. And and that thought felt pleasant to you. And there are other consequences. I don't need to go to work. Maybe we can relax. We can get up late. What can we do tomorrow? They're all kind of, the, the, the next series of thoughts all felt pleasant to you. Yeah. Well, in some ways, I mean, I really enjoy what I do. So in some ways, there's also that, like, ah, I don't kind of get to continue, you know, doing my work and, and, and doing stuff that I think is important and what I enjoy doing. So there's also that. But like you say, it's, it's, Almost like there's this, you know, you have an idea that, oh, it doesn't feel like a, like a typical Sunday evening. Why is that? Oh, because tomorrow's a day off. And, and then all those things that you mentioned, like, well, what are we going to do? We can, you know, do we sleep in? Do we go somewhere? Do we go to the park? 
what do we do with the day? And it just seems that it invites so much more thinking. And and it's all about planning planning a future. And it doesn't need to be planned so so exactly. You can you can still, you know, you can do it in the morning. There's nothing that needs to be like, you know, almost put in writing the the evening before. So but but it made a, it makes a huge impact just to how the evening felt. So what is an expectation? I suppose expectation is a is an imagined future scenario that you bet the that you bet the house on. Okay, so more fundamentally in a more sort of basic level, what is an expectation? I think expectation is the way things will turn out or should should turn out. Um, um, it's funny. I'm, I'm I'm asking I'm asking a question, and I'm wanting you to say something. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it's quite funny. It's like, what is the expectation? Oh, it's the no. And say, what is an expectation? Oh, it's that. No. So, so no, I'm sorry about that. No, that's right. You, you probably have something on your mind, and I, I'd like I, to hear that. I do. I do. So, can I say what I think an expectation is? All right, this one's. Yes. Um, it's, it's simply a thought. Yeah. It's Maybe it's like a series of thoughts, a li- some version of a, a future. So some kind of look at a future, but it's still made up of thought. And so, you know, the expression living in the feeling of your thinking. Yes. In the circumstance. Yes. This is what I've heard you say. I had an expectation and it seemed to change my day, it seemed to change my moment. That's a bit strange. In some ways, I can, I can, you're noticing, oh, look, this expectation seems to be changing how I feel. But in another way, that's how it works. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree that it's it's like reduced to its most fundamental. It's it's just you know thinking in action, and that creates the feeling. And and even even knowing that sometimes it's it's just so deceptively easy to forget sometimes that we're living in that moment. And uh, I was exploring this with uh, with another coach um, yesterday. And we were talking that why is it that so many times, you know, we don't take action working towards our goals or our dreams or, you know, what we what we genuinely want. We're, we're holding back. And what he said was uh, something that really hit home. He said that he asked me, well, um, do, you, can, do, do you actually know what's going to happen in the future? And I'm like, well, obviously not. Uh, then he asked me, well, can you control the future? And I was like, well, obviously not. And he said that, well, well, why are you, why are you betting the house on, on, on something that you came up in your head that, you know, some negative thing might, that might happen that's preventing you from taking action. And, and that was, that was such a elementary. It was like one plus two equals three. And, uh, but yeah, so I've been, I've been, um, Really thinking a lot about how the expectations and, and thinking in general shapes the experience from one moment to the next and and makes us think that, oh, this is going to be fun or that's going to be easy or it's going to be hard, it's going to be painful, it's going to be complicated. 
we make it all up beforehand and it doesn't seem to have all that much correlation with what's really going to happen and it's got every, everything to do with what we happen to be thinking about it at the time. And, and perhaps it, all of that stems from a notion that I'm not okay and I will be when I achieve this action or this success or this outcome. Yes. And if I, if I knew that I was okay, mm. then I would act or I would not act and it would make no difference to me at all because I'm okay. Yes, yes, completely, completely. And, and so many times I've noticed I, I catch myself thinking that, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and this once I've done these three things first because they make sense to do first. And, uh, but then it always seems that there's another three things that, 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 that like are in between me and really putting, you know, getting that really important thing that I want to do, I say I want to do. And it's, a, it's just a fascinating thing that, because I look at my, my two-year-old daughter and she just has a thought and then she goes out and, and does it or tries to do it. There's, there's nothing in between there. And I think the older we get, the more thinking we pack in between what we really want to do and, and actually taking action that we, we, where they used to be kind of like they're one and the same. We kind of create all these things like thoughts in between. Is this a good idea? Should we do it? Is this a good long-term investment? Is it going to work out? Should we even bother? You know, what will other people think? And, and all that stuff gets, gets jumbled together and it's very easy to lose track of of our, our inner wisdom, that, that voice that says, no, I really want to do this. I don't care how it turns out. I just want to try, I just want to give it a shot. And that, is that happening for you more, more often, would you say? Um, do you mean like the, like the negative aspects of it or, or the positive aspects that I, that I see through the illusion more? I guess, I guess that you're liberated from believing your thinking more. Yeah, it's, it's a, I'd like to think so. Um, I, I think there's less and less holding me back because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing through the, 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 the kind of invisible walls that I made of my thought more, more often. Uh, and it's a, it's a fascinating thing because what I, what I seem to notice is that at first I kind of become aware that, oh, there's a limitation there. And, and then at that same time, there's this, this, this feeling that, but I've kind of always known that it's there and that it's, uh, that, that I, that I have like awareness of my awareness of that situation that I kind of knew it all along. But for some reason, I didn't quite real understand it in the in, in the way I'm getting it right now. Um, so so it's it's an interesting interesting um, very introspective way. And but even even that is is something that you can get you know stumbled on like just exploring your awareness. And then but then where where, where, I, where I seem to be getting more now, if this makes sense, uh, and I'm not too far down the rabbit hole uh, for anybody to keep up. Is, yes. is that understanding that it's, it's made of thought is, is great. But just sitting around thinking that that's what it is isn't really helpful for anything because, um, you know, 
insight is useful, but taking action is probably even more useful. So, so when 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 the understanding take it manifests in the fact that you, 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 I start taking action, that's when I think true understanding has happened. That it's no longer on an intellectual level. It's no longer just you know shifting thoughts and concepts in my head and actually just going out there and and, and making it happen uh, and not being so fearful of certain experiences, not trying to avoid them. Taking action equals true understanding. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. So I think the, the, the way I, I, I got there, maybe it's, uh, it's, it's good to um, maybe kind of explain my thinking um, as, as troubled as it is at times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, nice way to re- kind of reference the, the name of the podcast. Uh, but I noticed that there are a lot of people in the world that want to be spiritual and they and they want to be positive and then they spend all this time you know practicing yoga and going to meditation retreats and trying to be positive but that's all they do that they're not they don't take that kind of embodied understanding and and take it with them into the world into the middle of people who don't have that understanding so that it might spread because they want to it's it's so easy to to hang out with just for example, with other coaches and, and other people who are who have a spiritual inclination, because they'll understand you. And I think where the where the true magic happens is when we kind of take this understanding and we just go out into the real world and we deal with all, all sorts of people and, and and we're okay with that. It reminds me a little bit of this story when I was, was younger. I'm going to really butcher it pretty badly, but paraphrased, the story went that there was was these um like Zen masters, and they would go uh, to a hut on top of a mountain for themselves, and they might spend, you know, six months or a year or something there just by themselves, meditating, you know, doing Tai Chi, whatever they did. And when they felt ready that they had mastered themselves, they would return into the real world. And what what seemed to inevitably happen to almost all of them is that when they surrounded themselves with other people. Uh, they they no longer could master themselves. Yeah. That that they they noticed that feelings of envy, anger, uh, pettiness, anxiety would 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 pop up here and there, and because they they assumed that they had mastered it, it it made them feel really bad. So they thought like, well, my training wasn't complete yet, and and they went back to the mountain for another six months or twelve months and and tried even harder to be totally enlightened and what i think they missed is that all those feelings are that's that's just part of being human and and it's it's more enlightened to me is more not kind of controlling yourself that you never have feelings of of envy or anxiety or or anger but rather that when those feelings come that that you accept it accept them instead of pushing them away you embrace them you realize that the, the the whole of you is is comprised of all these emotions, and and that to me is is what I mean when I say going out into the world. Well, and sure, sometimes I'm going to be angry and and, and petty, and you know, on a football pitch, I might I might yell at a at a player on my team because they're not doing something, and I, you know, it's that that's what happens. That's that we're humans, and. Yeah, so so I think that's what it is. Is is true understanding is is when you just take yourself 
and all your understanding and just go out into the world as opposed to just staying reclusive in your own little tribe or in your own little head and and where it's safe well um <clears throat> thank you for uh, explaining um i i get what you're saying um i also feel like i may not take enough action and i wonder why i don't share this understanding i don't ever talk about the three principles to to my friends particularly i mean i i have human conversations and i and i i i kind of talk about the implications of this understanding but i don't necessarily talk about the three principles with, with my friends um sometimes i when i talk about the three principles i kind of i don't know there's an awkwardness it's quite strange and i wonder why why am I playing small? Why am I? Mm. Why am not? Why am I not out there? And and sometimes I think it's because my understanding isn't deep enough. So, so I so I do get what right. you're saying. So so are but, you are you saying? Can I just clarify that? Yes. Um, are you saying that what you're not doing is is saying like oh it's your friends like hey so. Want to hear what I've understood, like about how the the like world works and what I teach all my clients? It's it's that everything's inside out, and then you explain how it works. Is that is that is it saying that that's what you you say like that's what you're not doing? I'm not really doing that. What if if I'm doing anything? I'm understanding the three principles, and I'm being that understanding with those people. Yeah. So, so I'm being more loving. I'm being kinder. And if they, if they, if they say something that might be hurtful to me, then I am understanding that they can't do that. Yeah. Only, only I can hurt myself. Um, but I'm not maybe having these. I'm not. I'm just not mentioning the three principles. Um, and maybe yeah. I ought to. In maybe I think I ought to. But what I was going to say is. That's just that's just a thought. That's just thinking, sure. and I, so I kind of think I don't act out in the world. Maybe because my understanding, maybe because it might show me that my understanding is not as deep as I think it is. But I also think that we, we are creating our reality every moment, whether we whether we know we're doing it or whether we're not. And so wh- wh- whether you take action, and it's it's creating a coaching program or it's it's doing a talk in front of thousands of people or it's or it's speaking to a stranger who looks distressed or uh, or whether you're just sitting on your own sort of twiddling your thumbs uh, it's still action yeah and that we we could judge one action over the other uh, but that's just that's just thinking yeah that's true and and i'm i'm wondering whether Taking action equals true understanding. I wonder whether, well, I'm wondering whether that's true for startup, and whether it might be useful for you to let go of it. It might, it might well help you to take more action. Yeah, well, I suppose like taking action was just um, maybe a, an, an inaccurate and clumsy way of saying that, just just being in the world, as opposed to trying to figure something out or trying to get ready or, or trying to train yourself for whatever level of enlightenment you're trying to get and just saying like, like no, no, I know enough, I, I am enough and, 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 and just live along. Yes. Um, 
what I've known about my um, how this understanding has kind of shown itself in me is I've kind of seen that I'm I'm always doing the best. I'm always I'm always doing my best now. Maybe maybe I've been hibernating for the last two or three years and I haven't been out there. Huh. But that was me doing my best with what I could see. You know, so sure. if I like what you was talking about earlier, you was talking about sort of well what I wrote down was stumbling in the dark. You're stumbling in the dark and then suddenly you see something and then then you're not stumbling, then, oh now I'll do this because I can I can see this. I, oh I can see my thinking. Oh now I'll now I know it's thought I will do this. I will I will do this action. But if you didn't see it, you you, you believed the thought and then you didn't take action. And right. so I do whatever I see, I I act accordingly to that to what I'm able to see. Right. And so if if I maybe maybe these podcasts will lead to something. Maybe this is a form of getting out there. Maybe next year I'll be much more active, but I don't think I will sort of criticize me now because I'm just doing what I think's best. Mm. And maybe what I'm doing isn't very active. Mm. But, but, does that make sense? Uh, it totally does. And, and the, it, it kind of brings my to my mind that maybe there's a distinction to be made that our that taking action in action is ultimately irrelevant uh, because what might be a more useful way of looking at it is that is it is it your like fear-based thinking that's that's behind taking action or inaction this this lack this need to do or accomplish or, or, or be something that you're not? Or does it come from just a genuine desire that, no, this is really what I want to do. And if that means do nothing or, or read books for a year, then, then so be it. And do you understand what I mean? Yes, I and maybe, do. And maybe that's a more useful distinction uh, in this situation. The, the thing is, I'm, I've noticed... I, Sometimes I notice that I might procrastinate or I might put things off. Sometimes I notice I don't do that. Sometimes I notice I'm taking action. Sometimes I notice I'm not taking very much action at all. And, and I just notice. And maybe one day I'll notice that I haven't taken very much action, in inverted commas. And maybe that noticing will prompt me to take some action. Maybe I'll see a coaching colleague taking lots of action, writing a book or creating a program or, or something, and that will inspire me to do similar. I, I'm not sure, you know, like you mentioned about the control of the future. I don't know what thoughts are going to come through me, and I don't know what I'm going to make of those thoughts, and I don't know which thoughts I'm going to take seriously and act on. And I found the less I kind of judge myself on what I, how I'm showing up in the world, um, I, I enjoy being myself more, mm. and and I still create. It, it, now it's possible that I think we, there's a, like a sort of prerogative of of pushing and striving and, and creating, and and just some there's some drive that we need to create. Otherwise, we won't. Yeah. I think there's there's that sort of belief, and and I believe that as well. Mm. I do. 
believe it. I think if, well, if I didn't need to do anything, then maybe I wouldn't do anything. Maybe I'd just sit in my downstairs room and look out the window and do nothing. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I enjoy that, and sometimes I wish I did more. But, I, but the thing is, I, I don't know how I'm going to be. I'm just... I'm just sort of being kind to my experience, not comparing myself with other people, and and trying to. I have insights, and then I, I maybe let go of them to allow another one to come. So, so it could well be that action equals understanding. That could be a great insight, and it could really sort of fuel you until mm. you don't need it anymore. Exactly. Yeah, that's really powerful. I like that. Yeah, I think every concept is ultimately it's a, it's a crutch to get somewhere, and then sooner or later you're gonna to have to leave that concept behind in order to keep going. That that's that's only as useful as any concept is, really. Yes. Yeah, it's like you were you were if you were like trekking onto the other side of the world, you know, you you need a boat, right? So you to get across the the the, the sea. But then once you got to the other side, you know, it wouldn't make sense to keep carrying the boat with you because it would just slow, slow and weigh you down. So you'd have to leave that behind and, and, you know, make do with something else. And then at some point, maybe you'd leave that thing that you were using behind to get, you know, maybe to climb yeah. over the mountains or that kind of thing. And that's kind of how I see the spiritual journey that any concept or, or idea or thought, you know, it, it can serve a purpose at a particular time. But it's yeah. important to realize that, at, you know, that at some point, it's time to leave this behind too. And sometimes we find that difficult because they're, they're, they're cherished, these yeah. thoughts. These are, especially, we, we, we create our ego, we create our sense of self, we create our identity, mm. some of which we are rather fond of. Mm. But it's all made up and it's difficult to let go of it. Yeah. There's certain, certain beliefs I have of me that I find difficult to let go of and Sometimes I, I'm, I, I, and there are certain sort of truisms of me that I find hard to acknowledge, and maybe I'll feel ashamed. Mm. And then I have this, the feeling of shame kind of floods through me. And generally, I don't seem to enjoy feelings yeah. of shame, even though they're just feelings and just thoughts. Mm. So it, it's, it, I, we, we seem to be sort of given this gift of to create via thought. Just create, 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 and it's fantastic. And like your, like your two-year-old, she, she, oh, I'm going to do this. Now I'm going to do that. And she's so not attached to what she's created. Yeah. And we seem to be very attached. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, something occurred to me while you were you were speaking, and I totally can't remember what it was. So, so uh, we'll have to we'll <laughs> we'll have to see if that thought finds me again. Yes. Ah, yes, now I remember. Um, one thing that when, when you were saying that we kind of get attached to, you know, certain, you know, ways of, of being and, and thinking and, and, and concepts and so forth. Uh, one way that this manifests and it seems to be a really hot trend at the moment in self-development is, is the habits and, and creating morning rituals. Yeah. And, and uh, I think Tim Ferriss just wrote a new book. Like, I think it was the, the tool routines and habits of, of, of billionaires or something like that. Yeah. And and uh, I notice in so many places it's about like you know do this habit every morning and you will get this. And as someone who who tried to live my life that way, trying to find like the best habits, it's to me like that habit is 
the whole starting point is wrong. That that what we're seeing is that we're not enough, and something needs to be fixed. And, and we're chasing for the answer, and we think if we do this, we can be something else or, or feel somehow else, and not realizing that we're creating this feeling all along to get kind of back to the expectations that if if you expect yourself to feel, you know. Uh, lacking confidence tomorrow, you're probably going to lack confidence tomorrow, because that's kind of like the, you're you're creating that that whole world going in. If you if you think something's going to be difficult, every step until you actually take action is going to feel like oh that's going to be difficult. I don't want to do it. And you're going to be pretty drained by the time you even start taking action, and and you know because you're tired and drained, it's probably going to seem even more difficult, and. And I think it's it, it would be such a valuable lesson to to get out into the world that you don't need all these routines and habits. You know, you don't need to meditate twenty minutes every morning to to have the full use of your brain or or to think better or you know any of these things. You can you can just see through the through the illusion, and that by itself kind of tends to calm the mind down, and you'll think more clearly and be less attached to your you know, uh, negative feelings or, or, or trouble thinking. Hmm. Have you noticed your need for habits drop, drop away? Yeah, I think I've never been really the kind of person that, that is very suited for habits. Um, I'm sure I have like plenty of habits I'm not aware of. Uh, I'm, sure my, I'm, sure, I'm sure if I could interview my dog, he'd tell me, you know, like my, my <laughs> top 20 habits like this. But um, in terms of something that I, I consciously practice, um, no, not really. I've always been kind of, well, this is what I feel like doing now. And this is what I don't feel like doing now. And it's, it's always been quite fluid that way. And um, so my trouble perhaps has been more that I start a lot of things. And then when kind of inspiration doesn't find me, it's very difficult to bring something to completion. And... and um, so that's been that's been more more where I've needed to to do more learning as opposed to uh, letting kind of like the following my natural ebbs and flows. Um, I I was just thinking of, I was thinking of a habit that is very useful, but we don't we do it without thinking. Hmm. Um, that habit is breathing. Yeah, uh, and the heart pumping. And so some habits are useful, but and, and then I was thinking of a habit that I have that I don't care for, and I've been I've been working for myself as um as a coach for a few years, but before then self-employed sort of web publisher or blogger, and I created my work and I created websites, and people went there and made money from advertising or, or whatever, and I I had to direct that work, and um, sometimes I would get involved in busy work and I'd just be busy but it wouldn't be useful so I ended up writing to-do lists and I used to create so many to-do lists it was incredible it was incredible and now I'm I'm not so bad but every now and then I find myself writing a to-do list and it gets and sometimes it gets very detailed and I'm really impressed with this to-do list and there's lots of breakdowns and it's a, it's a bit <laughs> of a, dis, it's a dissertation and then I go oh Oh, no. And then I leave it for like a month and nothing ever happens with it. And I notice, oh, I did it again. Oh. And I, I'm slightly frustrated with my ability to create to-do lists and not my ability to act on the to-do list. But I, 
what what happens now is I'm just kind to myself when I've done it, and I just don't sort of get too cross with myself. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I am frustrated with it, but I, and I, 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 if you could see my room that I'm speaking to, you'd see some pieces of paper on the floor that I kind of to do lists that I created in the last month or so. Yeah, completely, completely. I, uh, I, I recognize a lot of myself in in, in that. Oh. It's, it's, I think it's a need, you know, like these habits that you're talking about, it's like a need to control, isn't it? Yes. Like I said, I don't trust. So, and obviously planning things, you don't, you can't sort of build, you can't build a skyscraper without some kind of plan and without organization and without a schedule, you know, without a lot of form. So these forms are useful. Yes. Um, but I think I, I'm, I'm, a victim of uh, losing myself to the form a little bit and sort of just making more of the form than what I, what I make of it, what I create with it. Yes, absolutely. I, uh, I notice myself writing to-do lists and a lot of times it seems like a great idea. Yeah, I'll just do those things tomorrow and, and everything's going to be great and I'll feel good. And very seldom do I actually like end up getting through a whole to-do list. And a lot of times I end up abandoning it completely because just thinking about a to-do list isn't, isn't really that enjoyable for me. But when I go back, you know, like a month later, I rediscover that to-do list. And I look, well, what have I actually done? Yeah. It seems that the most important things have been done without me really trying. I just, I just kind of did them. Yeah. And yeah. all the rest uh, are somehow they didn't turn out to be that important after all. So if I would have blindly stuck with that to-do list and, and done them for the sake of, I wrote them down, it's a good idea at the time, and not yeah. listening kind of my wisdom later on, I would have spent so much of my time and my bandwidth doing things that no longer seem like a good idea in retrospect. I'm always happy that I didn't do them. And I also, what I heard in my head when you were speaking was sometimes... Sometimes I enjoy writing the to-do list, and sometimes writing the to-do list is all I need to do. It's like an acknowledgement of, I'm kind of telling myself, let's do these things, and I'll leave you to work out, you with the capital Y, to work out when we do them. Yes. So I can see, I can actually see, oh, it's actually good to write a to-do list. So I just have to be attached to following it, if you see what I mean. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I also heard that a to-do list is another form of expectation. Yes, it totally is. It totally <laughs> is. That this this moment isn't kind of good enough the way it is, that I need to accomplish these things and then everything is going to be okay. Kind of that's, I, I suppose, there's like a f fundamental assumption underneath uh, many to-do lists. I suppose there are like two ways to, to look at it. I mean, one way is like, if we just say like everything happens in the moment, then we don't really plan, you know. Um, you know, squirrels wouldn't prepare for the winter because they wouldn't collect all the all the nuts and acorns in the in the summer, and and then they wouldn't survive. So of course, you know, there's some, you know, if you want to accomplish something big, it's going to take time, and and you have to plan it in in, in logical stages. But again, I kind of come back to the distinction that. Is this something that we 
we, we genuinely want to do that even if we didn't do them like everything would be okay that we're not doing it in order to to like that's not our like a cooking recipe for happiness you know that because that's what i find a lot of times the problem with to-do list is that it's, it's kind of like uh, uh, this is my my recipe for today that if I do these, that then the the recipe will will produce happiness and 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 contentment, um, and I think that's where where to do lists are are really dangerous or, or counterproductive. Maybe not dangerous is, is, is the wrong word. Well, maybe that to do list you create it and then you have a nice happy thought. Oh, and now now I know what I'm doing with my day, and I'm going to be it's going to be useful. I've got this happy thought. Oh, now I'm feeling happy. See, that's why it's good to have a to-do list. Without understanding that it's just a thought, you're just feeling your thought and the next one and the next one. And you don't, that's just how it works. And it doesn't matter if you're feeling good or you're not feeling good because it's just feeling and thinking and thinking's always changing. Yeah. So in that sense, you might have end up having a different relationship with creating a to-do list. It might be more practical than actually some kind of liberation for your day. Yeah, that's true. My wife is uh, she's um, she's she loves to do lists. I reckon if she could marry a to do list, she'd do that. She'd dump me in a heartbeat. But you know, fortunately, that we're not quite that far yet. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, on the other hand, never really been. You know, you know, I, I started always like making these plans, and then I realized that. This 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 just wasn't the right approach for me. It just somehow somehow it just it just never feels like yes. This is I just gotta I just gotta blindly follow this and I'm gonna I'm gonna get there. It just always feels like that's a terrible idea. So you know I might start strong, and there's like things to remember to do. For example, if you're you know doing a, a, a closing the summer cottage for the winter, you know there's like you know the 73 things or whatever things you need to remember to do. Um, so it's really useful in that sense, but that's more like a, like a checklist as, a, as opposed to a do, to-do list in my mind. So, yeah. It's, just, we, it's the same with having a two-year-old child. In the morning, there's a to-do list. In, at lunchtime, there's a to-do list. When they go to bed, there's a to-do list. Yeah. There's things that you end up doing. You read them a bedtime story. Yeah. Are they, if they're troubled, you might spend a bit longer with them. Mm. You know, they're, 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 they're useful. They are. They help you washing up. You either you wash the plates, or you or you load the dishwasher, or you empty the dishwasher. Then you load. It's obvious that you have to do things in a certain way, and maybe some things are sort of so subconscious that we we, we don't actually make the list. We we kind of know it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. But it, we, we, it, 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 this tool of creating little steps sometimes gets the best of us and we, we take it too seriously, it seems. Yeah. Probably all because we don't, we keep forgetting that we're okay. Yeah. We just keep forgetting. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. There's, um, there's a Finnish politician, I actually happened to, to vote for him, and he's of the, the, the Pirate Party. And um, I think he's like, a, he's a nuclear physicist and, and an entrepreneur. And I think he's he's a, he's a very spiritual person because he was, he, there was a newspaper interview with him a couple of days ago in Finland's main newspaper, and and he was saying that the world is perfect exactly the way it is, 
Like even if a nuclear, like you know, like we we had a nuclear war, yes, it would still be perfect exactly the way it is because you can't take one part of a whole and say like that doesn't belong, yes. or, or or that's a blemish. And and I just found it was it was so refreshing that to have, uh, you know, someone in, in 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 power that kind of sees it that way and and doesn't approach things with that with a fear based agenda. I, I thought that was just. Um, uh, a wonderful thing and, and, and somehow kind of ties into what we're talking about that are you coming approaching anything from a, from a fear-based perspective that I need to fix something or to be okay or I need to attain something or, or, or achieve something or are you just saying that no I know I'm already fine and now I'm just free to do what I feel like doing kind of following that, that inner intuition that a two-year-old child would Yes. With a bit well, more planning skills, I hopefully. <laughs> a world of people with uh, those type of, um, that type of understanding and those types of expectations that they don't take too seriously. Like, like I want my, the President of the United States to behave a certain way. I have expectations of that office. Yes. I have fears of what he might do uh, sooner rather than later. I need those fears that I have in my head. I need somebody to do something about those fears. I'm not taking responsibility for my fears. I want somebody to do something about them. Then I don't have the fears. Then yeah. now I'm okay. And it's just this outside-in way of trying to control everything, control my experience, on the misunderstanding that it's coming through me. And it's my fear. Yeah. It's my, it's my, I'm okay. Things go on in the world that I might not, uh, I might not uh, think are a good thing. Mm. Completely. But it's still my experience. Yeah. It's my judgment of Donald Trump. It's my judgment of Brexit. It's my judgment of somebody that doesn't like me. Mm. It's mine. Yes. It's my responsibility. Yes. No, nobody else's. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I suppose, like racism is, like, is a good example that racism is a, is a way of, of trying to externalize your own pain on, on, on some, somebody else. Yeah. I'm feeling bad because, you know, yeah. this, this, this ethnic group or, you know, this, this gender or whatever it is, is, you know, has too much power or too much freedom or whatever it is. And, and you try to push your, your negative feelings onto them. And what a lot of times happens is that when, when people don't realize this, that they, they accept then the pain. You know, for example, the, the, the immigrants, they accept the pain of the people hating on them. You know, the, and, yeah. and, and not understanding that, no, everything is, uh, it's, it's ultimately, they're making up in their minds that nobody can make you feel or think anything. You, it's, it's all an inside job all the way and 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 as soon as we realize that then then the kind of we start kind of mirroring back negative feelings because if it just stops somewhere you know like someone keeps sending it but if there's nothing coming back you know sooner or later you're it's, it's not a fun game anymore because because you know everything is ultimately uh that we do whether it's it's racism or or hatred or anything it's it's it exists because there's like this interplay back and forth. Like, oh, you know, you're terrible. You're stealing our jobs. You should leave. 
And it's like, we're not doing anything. You're, you know, you're being bigots and racist and whatnot. And it's this back and forth that makes it kind of most, both sides become emotionally invested. And that's what, that's yeah. what keeps the, the tension is there. But if one side just kind of says like, you know what, it's okay. You know, uh, we understand, you know, you, you, you know, you're, you're troubled by, but whatever you're experiencing, you're projecting onto us at some yes. point you get tired of, of just, just, you know, like, like a dog, if you know, yeah. I noticed that there's like a, the dog whisperer used to do this on the show a lot that, you know, you're walking your dog and there's a dog behind a fence and just barking like crazy at your dog. A lot of times yeah. your dog wants to like bark right back and then it just gets, it just escalates and escalates and they want to like kind of kill each other through the fence. But if the, if the owner kind of makes sure that his dog doesn't react to it, that it stays calm. It's amazing how quickly the other dog that was just, you know, a few moments earlier barking like crazy and it just calms down because he realized nothing's coming back. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's the, that's really the, the, the beauty and the power of this understanding to realize that, that each of us have the power to stop the cycle. We don't need to fix the other side. We just need to stop feeding them. We can make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. I love dogs. And even though I've been bitten by a couple of dogs and been charged by a couple of Alsatians, and I held my ground and they, they just stopped, um, I still love them. And even, and sometimes a dog will bark at me and, and, and I somehow I just know I love dogs. I love dogs. So if I love dogs and a dog is barking me, I just go, hey, what, why are you barking at me? Yeah. And they'll carry on barking. I go, hey, I don't know what's going on, but you don't need to bark at me. I love you, man. You know? And you might carry on barking. It makes no difference to me. Now, I wish I had that sort of love of human beings, but I, I am getting there because I, I love human beings, but not like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's very easy to see the innocence in an animal. But it can be really yeah. difficult to see the innocence in a, in a human being. Yeah. You know, there's something I've noticed. Um, I'm noticing more and more when, um, when especially people that maybe in this three principles conversation, but not necessarily. I see people who are at ease with themselves, oh. relaxed. Yeah. They make mistakes and they laugh. They, they're just at ease. They relax and they show up. A certain way they just show up and maybe they're creating or maybe they're maybe they're sharing or maybe they're succeeding and some parts i've noticed this some part of me looking at someone else in my head it creates an expectation that i need to do what they're doing mm. and then when i notice it i get i get angry at them yeah. at their success yes when really all i need to do is Oh no, that's them. Yeah. That's them. That's not me. That's them. And I'm, I've started to see that. I've just started to notice this expectation coming into my head, and I don't need to take that seriously. Somebody could get the three principles understanding, and it could have a profound effect with them, and they start singing, and they, they're becoming this singing person or laughing person, and nothing ever troubles them, and they're just so full of life. And I want to just celebrate that and it's not an invitation for me to be like them it's just an it's just an invitation for me to celebrate that their joy yeah 
But I have noticed this expectation, and I've then noticed if I feel I can't meet it, I get troubled that I can't do it, and then I get cross with them, and then I then I don't want to know. Oh, I'm not be doing with those jolly people. No, I don't know if, it's only if that makes sense. It's only if you've noticed. No, I, that. I, 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 I totally recognize that in myself. That, uh, and it's it's uh, one of my bigger lessons over the last six months or so is just not to compare with others because every time we compare, we're inevitably going to find something that where we can't live up to somebody what somebody else is doing or achieving, and then we kind of like, yeah, but I want that. How can I get that? And then there we are in that fearful thinking again that we're not enough yeah and it 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 just it just adds to the clutter of my thinking it 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 doesn't seem to bring me any any use and i suppose we're back to the the power of noticing so even we our to-do lists are fine our expectations are fine Mm. our bad feelings are fine as long as we notice yes absolutely and don't take what we're nursing too seriously. Mm. Exactly. Sometimes it's just a lot easier said than done. Hmm. So I feel we ought to not yabber on forever. Yeah, this probably is um, a good place to... Um, has that been useful? I know it's been more of a two-way conversation than a coaching Yeah, Has that been a useful kind of exchange? Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you seem to have a... Um, really nice way of, of steering the, the conversation and my thinking to, to places where um, I wouldn't have known to go there by myself. And uh, I always enjoy our, our free-flowing exchanges. So, yeah, I think this was, this was very useful. And, and uh, yeah, I think I'm in a... I, I feel calmer and, and more relaxed than I did before the call. So that's always uh, one of the best signs you can have. And I, for my part, have a, I've had a nice smile on my face for most of our conversation. I, I love speaking with you, Auntie. And um, maybe one day we need to meet up and speak together in person. And you'll, it'll be strange because you'll be eight foot tall and I'll be four foot tall. And we're going, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're both going to be like, what? You have legs? <laughs> you know. <What>? So, <laughs> so right. yeah. So yeah, that'll be that'll be uh, fantastic. Well, there will be another episode in Trouble Thinking soon, but for now, thank you very much for anybody that's listening. Thank you, Auntie, and um, thank you, Steve. Weird talking to myself, but anyway, thank you all. Yeah, thanks, Steve. (laughs) Thank you for listening to episodes in Trouble Thinking. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we would really appreciate it if you took a minute to leave an honest review on iTunes because this will help other listeners discover us as well. We hope you have a great week, and we'll be back with a brand new episode next week.